Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is brought to you by Hamul Casino, San Diego's closest casino. Real close, real friendly, real fun. Hey, and welcome into Gwen and Chris, everybody. Happy Wednesday. A little hump day action here. 2.01 is the time. Chris Ello, Tony Gwynn Jr., Matt Scraby inside the Odyssey Palace Studios getting set for four hours of fun and entertainment and uh, keeping you up to date on the Major League Baseball playoffs, Braves and Phillies get started in just a few minutes in uh, the city of Brotherly Shove, and uh, the uh, Phillies and Braves are tied 1-1 in that series later on. Of course, the Dodgers will look to keep their season alive in Atlanta, or in Arizona, rather, against the Diamondbacks, and the uh, Twins will be looking to stay alive at home tonight against the Houston Astros. But, uh, you know, to me, it's like the second best day of the baseball season, for a Padre fan, uh, it's the day that the Dodgers could be eliminated. You know, we've kind of become used to this. They get into the playoffs with 100 wins, and they uh, they get bounced out in the first round. Could happen again tonight. Uh, they really, as you said, Tony, need Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts to uh, start mashing. I mean, after those two guys, it's a pretty ordinary Dodger team. I heard somebody say the other night that the Dodgers do it with a lot of, a lot of uh, you know, uh, uh, a lot of pieces during the course of a regular season. They're deeper than most teams, and that serves them well over 162 games. And uh, But in the playoffs, the opponents they're playing only need nine guys. Yeah. And, you know, Arizona's nine might be as good as the Dodgers' nine. You know, I don't know that the Arizona's 25 is as good as the Dodgers' 25, but you don't need that many guys. Yeah, I, I think uh, that could be the case. Or it just could be that Freddie Freeman and Moogie Betts have one hit uh, through two games. I, I think yeah. um, that was, uh, by the way, that was uh, Matt Snyder who said that. Yeah, uh, right. That had, he brought up a great point that, you know, depth serves you well come regular season because there's so many games and you want to keep everybody fresh. But come playoffs, you need your, your big dogs to be big dogs. Yeah. And, and and it is more reliant because you're not <clears> – most of the time there may be one position that you are platooning or um, that that you're trying to create a matchup on. Uh, but, you know, your big dudes have to be your big dudes. And so far, uh, Cattell Marte, uh, Corbin Carroll, Tommy Pham. Tommy Pham, man. I mean, these dudes are playing – Is that the same Tommy Pham who played here in San Diego? Because it sure doesn't look like it. Indeed. Uh, he's a dangerous guy now. He's been dangerous all year. There's a reason why the Arizona Diamondbacks went and acquired him at the deadline. He he put himself in position for the Mets, 
who were struggling all year. He was one of the bright spots for them while he I was know. there. I know. He gets moved there, and all he has done is be a veteran presence along with uh, Evan Longoria in that locker room, and they are outplaying. Their big go- dogs are outplaying the big dogs of the Dodgers. Just pure cut and simple. Yeah. Uh, and unless that changes tonight, Dodgers will be going home. Series will be over. I, you know, one thing I would uh, second guess Dave Roberts on, and I, I'm not a big second guesser. Uh, I always think it's revisionist history, and I know there's some people out there, probably in Dodger land, that are saying Dave Roberts must go if he loses another first round playoff series. And I would answer, uh, okay, who are you going to get to win you 100 games every season, uh, especially in a season. That you pointed out, Tony, we were talking a little earlier, the Dodgers really punted on this season. They I mean, did. remember, they didn't go out and sign anybody in free agency. They, they you know, went with younger players. They cut loose a lot of big-name players. And it's not like they didn't expect to be good, but they, they, they certainly cu- didn't think they'd they win 100 punted, games. They punted so far that everybody assumed the Padres were going to win the division walking away. Yeah, that's right. And, and, you know, it just so happens that they were still – even after all of the talent that left, because they were basically a super team, right, before. Now they just became a really talented team. Yeah. And they still went out and won 100 games. But that being said, I would bet, based on what they did during the offseason, that no one was like, oh, the Dodgers are going to be World Series contenders this year. Well, not only that, if you would have told the Dodgers before the season, you'd never get Walker Bueller. You'd lose uh, Urias uh, midway through the season to his difficulties. You wouldn't really have much from Tony Gonsolin. Uh, you wouldn't have Dustin May at all the entire season. I, I mean, he really – I think Dave Roberts might have done his better, best managing you, job this year. In baseball, you heard that a lot of places. Yeah, this piecing together job. this team. I mean, the pitching that they have, and we've seen it in this postseason, neither of their starting pitchers have gotten through the first two innings yet. And tonight he's got to land – you know, land, you know. What would you disagree Lance on, though? You said- yeah, I was going to get to – what I'm going to disagree on is the fact that he's kept a couple of proven – Really good postseason performers on the bench. Uh, and I got Kike Hernandez and I got Chris Taylor. Mm. And uh, I, it's not that uh, I would bench uh, Peralta and Hayward, who are the guys he's putting in there to get the left handed bats in. But I, I just I think Chris Taylor is a dangerous postseason hitter. I, I I don't know. I didn't follow the Dodgers close enough to know every single at bat and what his average was with runners and scoring. All of that, you know, analytical stuff. I just know when Chris Taylor comes up in the postseason, uh, he helps me win games. And, and Kike Hernandez has been the same thing. Uh, you'd have to bench, you know, Peralta and, and Jason Hayward. It'll be interesting to see if he thinks about doing that tonight against another right-handed pitcher and Brandon Fott, or if he just stays with the lefty matchups. But I, I've always been a, you know, we talk about the Astros. And, and all this postseason success they had. Postseason guys who have success are guys that I like to rely on in the postseason. Yeah. And those are two guys I'm surprised they haven't been in either lineup for the Dodgers. Not that maybe they wouldn't have made a difference. Maybe, you know, without Freeman and Betts hitting, the Dodgers wouldn't be doing much. But those are two guys I'd like to see in there if I was L.A. Yeah, we'll see. I just checked the lineups. Not in yet. Yeah. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, on a on a going-out day, 
Mm-hmm. I mean, a, a go win or go home day. Yeah, maybe you see one of those two, or you know, you know, they might go back to the he same thing. He might figure out a way to get him in. We'll see. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, Dave Roberts did say he was going to, you know, maybe shake some things up tonight. So we'll see if the Dodgers can stay alive. I certainly hope they can't. I, I'd love to see them just go down <laughs> in a ball of flames. And uh, it would be what the tenth time in eleven years that they exited the playoffs after. Uh, Either a first-place finish or the only time they didn't finish in first place was the year the Giants won 107 games and edged them. Uh, and actually, that year, they did not go out in the first round. All, they, all they I advanced, know so. is that I'm looking at it right now. Guriel's hitting 333. Carroll's hitting 429. Marte's hitting 300. All right. On the flip side, Will Smith is hitting 250. Freddie Freeman's hitting 167. Kike's hitting 250. Muncie's hitting 143. Yeah. Mookie Betts is hitting zero. Yeah. Yeah. Mookie has, uh, he's been just flying out a lot. I, you're, you're a great hitter, you know, in terms of understanding the, the, the approach. I mean, when you're hitting, I don't know, when you're hitting nothing but fly balls, like pop ups to center field, right center field, what, what does that tell you as a hitter? Or is there anything you can do to change your approach to keep from doing that? I, I don't know. There were, the couple of bats I've seen Mookie hit the ball to left field are actually good pitches to hit, uh, and he seemed to kind of pull off of them just a, a, yeah. a, a bit too quick. So a little uh, antsy, maybe. And, and, yeah, and I, I think that's what it is. He got himself into a good count. I think in one of the bats I saw the other night, and it was like a hanging. It was like a spinner, and he just kind of pulled off of it. Just uh, uh, and you know, in, yeah. in the game with the swing, especially. You're never as far off as you think. You're never as close as you think. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Right. Like that's that's kind of how it always works. And you know, for in in the box, you might feel like, man, I am way off right now. And it's we're talking. You know, he keep that front side close a half a millisecond longer. You got yeah. a different result. I've always felt, and and again, I was the world's worst hitter, and that's why I took up pitching full time. But I've always felt to try to get out of a slump, the best thing to try to do is get a base hit the other way. Because yeah. just in general, that makes you wait as a hitter. Right. You put that in your mind. Believe it or I'm not. I'm going to single the right field. will single the right, but a lot of times it helps you stay back just that ounce longer. Yeah, I think for the most most big leaguers, most professional hitters, it's not them being late. Not them waiting is the issue. I mean, that not them allowing the, the baseball allowing the baseball to get deeper is is always is. Everybody wants to be quicker, right? You want to be. Yeah. You want to get. You want to get the head out. You know, and I think sometimes, uh, especially in these moments, this is where you have to, you know, and Mookie certainly has far more experience than I ever had. He's, he's, <laughs> he's had he's had more he's had more at bats, little in, in su- a little more success, right? And, and so, at the end of the day, those guys know what they have to do, and it's just a matter of them being able to go out and execute it here here in tonight's game. Now, this game right now that's going on, Atlanta Philly. I think this one is the best game today. It's going to be a doozy. It is. I mean, this is Philly. You know, say what you want. That place is an actual home field advantage in baseball. I, I heard. B- I, that, uh, I heard that the, the game time in Philadelphia, two o'clock right now. It's five o'clock back there. I heard people were tailgating at seven a.m. I wouldn't surprise today. Me. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Seven a.m. These people lose their mind for this ball club, especially when it's when when um, Atlanta's I, 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 I rem- the opponent. Too. I, I remember in '09. Oh eight after they won it in oh eight. You go, played there. Going so. there in that building in June, like 
It was nuts. It was absolutely. But it's also if if that's your thing, adrenaline. I mean, this is like one of the best place to play a game, whether you're home or visitor. Yeah. And uh, I expect this one to be. This is this is a pivotal game. Sure it is. Uh, Aaron Nola just got the first two guys out. He got Acuna and a ground ball and Albies to strike out. So we'll keep you up to date on that ball game. Uh, I, I told you at the time I, I did go into one game at Philadelphia in my life, and it happened to be your dad's last game in Philadelphia. And uh, the applause, the uh, the appreciation, the uh, the standing ovations they gave to him during that game is something I'll always remember. And you might say Philadelphia's got some bad fans. I don't know if they do. They have some great fans for some baseball fans. And sure. that was that was very impressive to me to see Tony it, applauded it, like that when he was there. Here in, in this series especially, we, we talk about it often, right? Big dogs got to perform in these yeah. situations. Um, you look at the Phillies, you got Harper hitting 500. Rio Muto to, hitting 286. I mean, Schwarber's actually hitting better in the playoffs. He's 222. <laughs> Stott, That's good for him. Stott is 500. Um, you go on the flip side, Riley hitting 250, Albies hitting 286, Olsen 250, Arcia 143, Acuna 0. Yeah, no Acuna didn't have a hit yet. When, so. you know, and if Acuna's doing his thing, even with the, the less production that they have, yeah. they probably are winning this series right now. And don't forget, if Acuna's got a 0, that means he doesn't have the stolen base That's right. at his disposal, Hasn't which been on. is something he did better than anybody in baseball this year. Uh, on the American League side, it warmed my heart last night, and I mean that as sincerely as I possibly can, to see Bruce Bochy yeah. advance to the American League Championship Series. The, the close-up shots of Bochy in the dugout when the Rangers got the final out last night, he almost looked surprised. I was like, Bruce, you got a 7-1 to lead. You're actually going to win this game. <laughs> and they got the final out, and he looked around like, hey, I got lucky, and they're carrying me to a championship series again. How can you not appreciate a guy with the talent of a Bruce Bochy and the ability and the Hall of Fame credentials of a Bruce Bochy, Tony, who doesn't have an ounce of ego in his body? I, I just think it's spectacular. And, you know, I know the players play, and they got to get the job done, and he gave all credit to his team. But he must just have the ability to push the right buttons. He just has to. He, he does. He, he's he is unique from that standpoint. Like he he and it's very. I don't know that I can say this about anybody. He doesn't seem to have an ego, right? No. Like he doesn't seem to to care one way or another. He just wants to manage baseball. That's it. He wants to and you know he took some time away and you know what I think it was it was useful for him. He had to get his physical state together when you've been managing that long and and through that many seasons there's just a lot of things i think you forget out forget how to do right um and just have that time off be able to spend it with his grandkids he just looks recharged out there he's moving i mean he's still moving pretty slow it still takes him a while to get to the mound i was <laughs> he, telling he's uh, still Bra moving way better than he than he used to though yeah i was telling Braden uh, sometimes it looks like he's in the dugout going should i take this picture out right now Nah, <laughs> I don't feel like walking all the way out there. <laughs> I mean, but again, in that series, Corey Seager is going nuts. Yeah, he. I mean, there the was big no guys came through. The big, and that's what these games really boil down to. When your big guys are doing what they're supposed to, offensively or pitching, you got you have a great chance of winning it all. 
Yeah, Adelise Garcia, big dog for Texas, hit the big three he's run also, homer. He's a, that gave him a six nothing lead. Yeah, so. Ozuna just punched out. He's one of these. He's hitting zero. Yeah, Braves uh, got two guys on in the first, but Ozuna struck out, so they'll go to the bottom of the first inning there. But last thing on Bochi, um, a lot of Padre fans on Twitter, and you know the revisionist history people who tell us that the Padres. Uh, we're the dumbest organization in baseball in the history of the sport for letting Bochi go after the 2006 season. Uh, keep in mind that after that 2006 playoff loss and the Padres went down that year to the Cardinals three games to one after having lost three straight to the Cardinals the previous year. Bruce Bochy finished with an 8-16 and postseason record as manager of the Padres. He won seven of those games during the 1998 World Series run. So in Bruce Bochy's other 12 years as manager of the Padres, he won only one playoff game. And, I, and I, it's, not to, it's not to put him down. It's to say that the success you think he had with the Padres maybe w- it wasn't as much as you thought it was, is what I'm trying to say. And now he's gone to the Giants, Rangers, and he's a collective 41 and 17 in the postseason, which is a winning percentage of well over 600, almost approaching 700 winning percentage in playoff baseball. Uh, uh, so it's just, you know, he's done a remarkable job, but I don't know how the Padres are supposed to know he was going to do all this. Oh, I mean, that kind of is the job, is to know that kind of thing. I mean, has anybody had the success that Boach has had in the organization since? Even no at chance. age 16? No chance. Okay, so, so you're so along the lines of people I, saying I, they I, made a I mistake. Don't, I don't know that it's the, the worst thing the organization did, but it definitely was a mistake. Okay. I, I don't think there's any question about that. Well, he's, uh, he's making the Padres look bad year after year year after year. And you know what else I was happy about being as I'm getting up in years myself? It's a very good chance that the American League Championship Series could feature two managers, (laughs) Tony, who have a combined age of 142. Bochy's 68, Dusty Baker is 74. And in this baseball world of young guys and analytics and people knowing all of the, the newfangled ways to manage and put baseball teams together, Two guys who are most definitely old school have a chance to be in the championship series together. Four or five years ago, it was like a bad thing to hire an old, a old quote unquote old manager or old school manager. Yeah, I think they're proven otherwise right yeah, now. Yeah, good for Bochi, good for Dusty Baker. We'll see how that goes. Uh, Astros haven't wrapped their series up, but most people feel they will a little later. All right, here's what we've got going on today. Dallas Braden, one of the real good baseball guys, will join us to talk about the uh, postseason and his thoughts on the Padres offseason. Uh, if you've heard Dallas before, very entertaining, very fun interview. That's coming up in about a half an hour. Uh, we'll have a Rate the Radio call along with our regular segments, Daily Gambit, Chris First, the fans and the big five will keep you up to date on Braves Phillies. It's Gwyn and Chris. Welcome to it on San Diego's number one sports talk station, 97.3, The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. 224 on the clock. Tony Gwynn Jr., Chris Ello, Matt Scraby. Gwynn and Chris, which you till with you, Katie Temple, my, one of my, my coach, I'll call it. Coach Katie. Yes, Coach Katie. I have a bad problem with combining with you to with you. With you. With you. And she used, to, she used to get on me about it all the time. And I still, as I did coming on here, I still occasionally... Um, with you to six o'clock. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. With you till six o'clock. Yeah. Uh, I want to uh, take this time to um, send my condolences to the Embry family um, this morning. Chick Embry. Uh, Chick Embry, who yeah. passed away. He's a San Diego coach, coaching legend. Legend in the North in, County. In North County, Escondido High, passed away at the age of 96. And Wow. Yeah, this uh Here's this hit, for you, Chick. Ninety six. This hit, a baby. This hit close to home because uh for me as a young kid finally going to public school in, in eighth eighth grade, uh I met his son Mark Embry. Um I, I would later play with his grandson, Riley Embry, who's now the head coach at, at Del Norte. Um so I got a chance to meet Chick when I was, you know, eighth grade, ninth grade. And uh, he was just an awesome, awesome guy. Um, and a lot of times, you know, I was thinking about it on the way down here. A lot of times as parents, um, your best work, for those who have kids, your best work is is shown through your children. And I remember meeting Chick Embry, you know, the first couple of times. And I, over time, over my high school, four years of high school, I, I got to know him uh, a lot closer. But... I remember always thinking to myself, man, um, Mark is, you know, a spitting image of what the young Chick Embry, because by the time I met Chick Embry, he had already retired. He was just a granddad coming to watch his grandson play. Um, But, you know, I I just think uh, he was a wonderful, wonderful man. And, uh, you know, as I said, I send my condolences to the Embry family that one day. one hit close to home this morning when I read it. Well, a life uh, very well lived. Yes, certainly. No, no. Ninety six passed away in his sleep, according to his son, and uh, yeah, legendary. I think the uh, football field at Escondido High School is named for him. Yeah, it is. Yeah, uh, your hockey had a. Um, oh, it was a fun debut pretty, last night. Pretty good debut. Yeah, Connor Bedard. Our, uh, you know what? I want to share this. I don't know if you saw this, Tony, but you, you athletes, you pranksters. Out there, what they do to him? Oh, oh I it saw was this. so hilarious! <laughs> what they do? I mean, it really was funny. You didn't even have to be a hockey fan to appreciate it. All of the guys, uh, when you're in the locker room, you don't bring your stick with you. There's a rack outside the locker room that leads from the uh, actual locker room out to the ice, and everybody uh, puts their. Now, guys in hockey, they spend a lot of time taking care of their sticks. I guess similar to what you guys do with your baseball bat. I was just getting ready to say. It's the same thing. You want it to be the perfect feel. You want it taped up exactly the way you want it. 
So, I, you know, I'm sure Connor Bedard taped up three or four sticks to get himself ready for his NHL debut last night. Blackhawks came time to walk out of the locker room. They had the camera right on his face as he walked out of the locker room. Went to the stick rack. The guys hit his sticks. Of course, <laughs> funny. Of course they did. He could not find his stick anywhere, and there was a moment of panic on his face that was classic. And, and did you see the interview with him? I did, but I didn't hear it. So. Oh, he was. She asked him about it, and he yeah. kind of played it off like, "Oh, I just leave my stick places." Yeah, he, oh, he, okay. You know what? You know what crossed his mind? He didn't want to give them credit it, for no, pulling I, off the I, prank. I bet you that's not what crossed his mind. I bet you what crossed his mind is. I don't want to rat anybody out for hiding oh, a stick. Right. They yeah. might catch some flack for this. Yeah. So he just put it on himself. Because yeah. as a as a young rook, you, the last thing you want to do is piss off a veteran in, in that Good in point. The, especially in the world of hockey. I, Good I would point. Guess. 18 years old, fresh-faced, making his uh, NHL debut last night. He's supposed to be the next face of the game. And I, I, I love it, man. Athletes, man, the, the little fraternity that exists there is something special. And... Yeah, uh, you know one veteran player in the Blackhawks said we got to hide his sticks. So oh, they've been they've been plotting that. They've been plotting since, that for a while. For a while, I yeah. guarantee. You. It was really funny to see the moment of panic on his face as he looked around for his stick trying to get out on the ice. <laughs> I but, just uh, retweeted this uh, at Matt Scraby. It's pretty hilarious. It was pretty funny, and uh, Blackhawks end up getting a win in his first games, and he had an assist on the first goal. So it was a all around successful debut for Connor Bedard last night, and. Uh, the hockey season is underway. Indeed. All right. Uh, I, we took a little, we went a little long the last time. I want to make my producer happy here. We're going to get to break. At least one of us does. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Look at me. I'm just looking around like I didn't hear anything. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> We're going to get to break when we return. Um, do we have a, um, gosh. Oh, Dallas Braid. Dallas Braid. Gosh. Yeah. Big I'm just going to start looking at you like you look at me when I forget things. Dallas Braden, when we return, we're going to Chris. Ah. All right, I'm uh, taking great delight in what's going on in the studio right now because, uh, as most of you know, uh, I'm the technology-challenged uh, part of the program. Uh, Chris Ello, Tony Gwynn Jr., Matt Scraby. Uh, Gwen and Chris back with you at 236. I'm the one that doesn't know how to work anything and the TVs and the whole thing. But somehow the uh, the TV over here got messed up. And uh, Scraby has spent the first 36 minutes of the show trying to figure it out. This is not a joke. And I'm very, I'm actually, first of all, I'm proud of you for sticking with it <laughs> and not throwing clickers and stuff across the room. You must have missed the last two minutes. But secondly, <laughs> secondly, I mean, it's starting to get a little lengthy here. I mean, usually even I would either have it fixed by now or I would completely give up by now. Well, here, okay, let's, Chris. Hold on. Let's, let's not so lie to the people. You certainly would have not had it fixed by now. That's uh, true. <laughs> because if Tony can't have it fixed right now. Let's not lie to the people. You would not have it Here's fixed by issue. now. Here's the issue. We are a sports show, yeah. and our sports TVs don't get ESPN, so we have to sign into the ESPN app. That's right. And so I've been doing that every day. It's my routine. I get in here. I start up the ESPN app. We put on ESPN. Yes. And today I go to the ESPN app, and it keeps telling me it can't start up. So I'm a little hmm. confused. So we decided to reset the TV because everything was going cattywampus, and now we can't even we can't. Do so anything. what's happening right now? <laughs> I'm sure people, you guys don't really want to know this, but what's happening? I think they do. Is the smart hub on the TV needs an update? 
And so I when see. we restarted it, I think it clicked up the update. And so now all of the apps that were on here are having to re-download, which is why the ESPN app won't download right now. It needs to do its thing. I I'm, see. I'm just, I'm just enjoying watching TV. two of the smartest men in uh, television technology <laughs> see, you see the number attack right there? this problem. These numbers pop up. That means it's loading that but particular I app. I did not download that no, app. No, these apps come I know, already I, on the TV. All I wanted was ESPN. Yeah. See, this TV. is classic. This is how the two of them are mixing together to try to fix this problem. It's like I said. I'm just sitting it just, back, it takes, enjoying the show. It takes something that you know, yeah. my friend Chris oh, has little of. of. I have little, Scra- none. No, Scraby has far less than you do because technology should oh, work patience? when I summon yes, it. Patience. Oh, you're talking about. I'm patience. talking about patience. Yeah, so no, I have more patience. You have than a Scraby. lot more patience than Scrabe. Yeah, so no, that's true. Scrabe is ready to kill the remote. He's ready to break. He's <laughs> Scrabe is the type of person that you see after these cowboy games, like throwing oh, stuff don't at their even TV. Say that. That's who Scrabe no, is. No, I would never throw something at my TV. I would throw it at the ground. That is what I would do. But I did throw the remote on the ground because. I typed in ESPN and then it just exited the entire TV. <laughs> and Tony saw it. He was he saw meltdown ready to happen. It looks like we've got the in. clicker in the proper hands right now, which is not your hands, Gravy. <laughs> it is uh, Tony's hands. He's, so. uh, never mind. But it is it is one of the uh, perplexing things about this studio that uh, we are a sports talk station and we're the only place on earth that cannot access ESPN television. Uh, we are uh, keeping an eye on the Phillies and the Braves. They're in the bottom of the second inning. There is no score. Phillies are batting with two outs. And the base is empty. Bryce Elder just struck out JT Real Muto and has actually retired the first six batters. So a good start for Bryce Elder and uh, Aaron Nola on the other side. No score now. They're going to the top of the third inning. All right. Uh, time to go guns up, guys. It is our favorite baseball interviews, Pride of Texas Tech University uh, and a former uh, Major League Baseball pitcher. With the Oakland A's, May 9th, 2010, he threw a perfect game. And uh, I, I think that's his second greatest achievement, as we remind him every time he comes on the program. His greatest <laughs> moment was when he set the all-time record for most points scored in the final round of uh, Family Feud. It is Dallas Braden. How are you, Dallas? Good to talk to you, man. My dog, don't ever let him forget. Don't ever <laughs> let him Forget out of baby Chris. I'm doing well. Great to hear from you, my Matt. How you guys doing? We are. We're we well, are really man. good. Uh, is this? I mean, as a, as a former player, how geek do you get for the baseball playoffs? Or is there? I mean, you've been out of the game for a little while. Is, is there? A, is there still a tinge of like, yeah, you know, baseball playoffs are tough for you to watch, or do you just love this time of year? Well, I love it. I love this time of year. I mean, you know, now being a, a father, I'm splitting time between daddy duties and being able to lock in on some baseball games. Uh, but, but this postseason has been in every postseason has been a lot of excitement. And I think simply put, it's because of the young talent in our game is now found its way, not only to the big leagues, but is now front and center in the big leagues. And you're getting a look at it in, in the most important time of the season. And I think that along with some of the changes that have been made to the game of baseball. But if you're talking about growing the game, right now is the opportunity for that to happen. And the fact that we have our young stars uh, on on center stage, and they're the ones who are, quote-unquote, selling this just by performance, that is what I think gets a lot of people excited, myself included, about the postseason. Dallas, before we get into some of these series that are are taking place, I I want to talk to you a little bit about the hand-wringing and – 
complaining that has been going on about these buys and these teams having to uh, sit down. It, it hasn't seemed to affect the Astros, but everybody else, it has had. It, I mean, at least people are thinking that it's had an impact. What, what are your thoughts on it? Well, yeah, I mean, look, we both know how important it is during October or even September being that run up into and hopefully through October, how important it is if you're on the mound to be feeling the baseball as well as you can feel it coming out of the hand at that time of year. Whether or not things have gone well for you leading up to that point, to those five starts through September and hopefully into October, that's kind of gets put on the back burner because it's about what are you doing right now heading into the most important time of the season. And at the plate, you want to be seeing the ball as well as you can timing-wise you want to feel everything to a point where you don't feel anything, right? Where everything is second nature. And how do you do that? Repetitions. Being able to get up each and every day and execute at game speed and prepare yourself to execute at game speed. So when there is no preparation and there is no game speed, how are you then, I don't want to say buying your time, but how are you then preparing? How are you getting ready? How are you staying sharp, staying focused? And to your point, Tony, that's where the Astros have not allowed the slack in the line to end up allowing them to sink to the bottom. They have figured out a way to stay right in the middle, and, and as soon as that switch needs to be flipped, boom, they have flipped it, and they've done a great job of lighting it up. Um, so I, I think we both understand how important it is to be playing the best baseball and feeling as good as you can at this time of year. So when you're not getting those game speed reps in you and you're trying to replicate those somehow, some way, um, that's where it becomes that's where it becomes tough to try to figure out how you're going to to really to just be prepared for the game. Dallas Braden is with us talking some baseball here with the uh, former uh, major league lefty and uh, Dallas. Uh, what do you make of the Dodgers? I mean, uh, we, it's kind of been the same old story. Now they're not out of this yet. They could make a comeback, but if they get beat, it would be the tenth uh, time in the last eleven years they're knocked out. Fifth time in the first round. This after winning 100 games, I, I don't know what you're supposed to do. I mean, what, not try to win 100 games? But for some reason, it hasn't worked for them in the postseason. Is is this just uh, baseball being baseball? Or do you think there's something to this Dodger ball club that doesn't suit itself well for postseason play? Whether or not you want to address the elephant in the room, whether or not you wanted to mention it, I think I, I think we have to talk about the the narrative surrounding Clayton Kershaw first and foremost because if this is going to be somebody that has continued to be given the ball and continued to be thought of as an option then you're going to want to be able to rely on that performance and that just hasn't been the case that you've gotten from Clayton Kershaw and so I think starting there you have to consider well was there a better way to go about it now I just don't know that that's the case so they're relying on a guy who's helped get them there but it's unfortunate because they win as you said, all of those ball games, they do the work that they did in the division, and ultimately it feels like they have nothing to show for it because they, they, they have been world beaters for almost a decade now in that division plus. And ultimately, the dominance that has come along with their regular season presence just hasn't translated into the postseason. And it's tough because at this point, you do start to throw around the four whatever reasons because it's really tough to pinpoint. But I think when you look at some of the inconsistencies that people have talked about with Kershaw and you're watching the way that some of these other teams are matching up and they're not afraid. Look, second inning trouble, third inning trouble. We're getting them out of there with traffic on the base path. I don't know that there was even really time to react to what, what was happening with Clayton, but I think that's, that's somewhere 
that, that you have to consider. It's a conversation you have to have as much as I hate to even have that conversation. Yeah, I, I think you're right, Dallas. I think, you know, I, I was explaining to, to the people listening that come postseason time, if if you're a pitcher that doesn't have, you know, high, high velocity and you're missing even a little bit in the playoff, oh. guys don't miss. Guys chase less in the playoffs. Yeah. That's how much the intensity rises. And that brings me to what we've seen from the Diamondbacks. This is a relatively young team, um, and they are pummeling the Dodgers pitching right now. Um, and yeah. they this that's it's unusual from the standpoint that you see a young team that has no experience. We watched it with Baltimore. They have avoided the mistakes, and they just haven't missed mistakes in the zone. And that right there, Tony, is a that is a testament to what you started this statement out, where you started this exchange out with, which is the playoffs. No at bat is given away. There is not a single at bat in October that feels like any at bat you've had yeah. up until September 30th. September 30th. I don't care what anybody tells you. Right, a great series back and forth, division rival. Man, that was great playoff atmosphere. Eh, a little different, <laughs> and those in fact are they just taste different, they just feel different, and and you can guys are guys are more than willing to do a lot of different things come October than they are May or June. Right, guys in scoring position, they'll cut the swing down. They're not afraid to hit behind a guy. They're not afraid to give themselves up yeah. if they're if they don't have count leverage. Like there's just certain things that they're willing to do because. The number of games until we have a ring on our finger is is countable. We can figure that out right now. That equation is right in front of us. So what I need to do is make sure I get the bat to the ball. So the the swing and miss, right? That's why everybody loves and, and oohs and ahs over velocities because ultimately we know that gives us a greater for a greater margin for error yes. in the strike zone. That gives us an opportunity to, to, to compete in the strike zone. What do we want to do in October? We want to compete in the strike zone. And if you just don't have the stuff to do so, it becomes a very, very rough, rough river to row your boat down. Dallas Braden is our guest talking baseball. The Braves, by the way, just jumped in front of the Phillies, one nothing on an RBI single by Ozzie Albies, keeping you up to date there. Uh, Dallas, uh, in the American League, Bruce Bochy, who we know so well here in San Diego, and now he's gone to the American League Championship Series. I Once again, he's got his three World Series, and he's come back from retirement, and he's led this Ranger team to heights that they haven't seen in over a decade. But what do you hear from your friends and people you know through baseball about what makes Bochy's approach work? Because I, to me, it's all behind-the-scenes stuff that none of us really ever get to see he just seems to have his guys in the proper frame of mind to perform their best at this time of year. Well, I, I, I know Boach, and I've had the opportunity to get to know Boach over the over the course of the past decade plus, not only as a player, but now as, as a member of the media, you know, and spending a lot of time in the Bay Area together. Uh, I was around him quite a bit, spent a lot of time with him before and after the game. And a lot of my friends have played for him, played against him. So when you talk about Bruce Boach, number one, you're talking about, a player's manager in terms of a guy who, when you walk into the room, you know that that guy has your best interest at his, in his mind, in his heart. And that's a dude you automatically are willing to start to run through a wall for. And then you start to get to the communication aspect of, it's just simple things that he does for veterans, right? You know, you're going to start tomorrow you know you got the day off tomorrow so handle today accordingly just those small communicable things 
that allow guys to prepare and move around with ease, that allow them to go to work and be themselves. And when you create kind of an atmosphere all through the regular season and you let the clubhouse just take care of itself, which is something Boach does a phenomenal job of, and he does so because he says, look, I know what buttons I need to press when we get out there. And I know that you guys are going to do everything you can to prepare to put yourselves in position so that when I press those buttons, they look like I'm pressing the right ones. And he does a great job of that too, right? Giving credit to all the guys who get the work done and just saying, look, I just let these guys go out and play. But there's, there's a lot to being able to get your guys ready and get them up for each and every ball game and each and every situation. And then there's also something to having somebody like Boach, a living legend, have that stoic presence when things start to get a little turbulent, when things start to start to speed up on you, you can look down the bench and see that guy who's just slow chewing, kind of him haunt. He might be dozing <laughs> off for two or three seconds if you're not careful. And, and you just, that, that, that just gives you a certain level of comfort, you know, Dallas Brayton joins us here on the premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline on the other side of that American league side is another old dog, if you will, in dusty Baker. Now, I do hits with the, the the folks in Houston almost weekly, and it'd be it's it's amazing to me how panicked they are about the decisions Dusty's making. But however, they're one game away from advancing to another ALCS. Now he jumped into a situation probably when it was at its worst. Right, they had just had the scandal. Nobody wanted yep. to touch them from with a, a five hundred foot pole. Yet he all he has done is won a title, and he's about to have this team back to an ALCS. What is it? Because it was about, about, I would say it's about four or five years ago, Dallas, where having an old manager or even considering an older manager was kind of frowned upon. It, it seems like that has started to kind of, we've started to move away from that, that mindset or that kind of thought process. And, and I think it's because there's, and look, we both know this, there's certain guys, and you know as well as anybody, my friend, when individuals just have a certain cachet, when individuals just walk into a certain room, you know, there, be, there comes a light and a level of respect that is commanded. Your father had that. So I'm not telling you anything you don't know. And individuals like that just, boom, they capture your attention. And that's what Dusty does. When he walks, like, come on, man. There's nobody swagged out more at the skipper <laughs> position than our man Dusty. We can start there. I don't know that the dude has taken batting gloves off the last six years, <laughs> right? On top of the wristbands that have his own grill on him. He's been rocking those since he was dropping bombs. So, I mean, the dude is, is just on another level in that regard. But um, just the same thing as Boach, the touch and feel, the, the understanding of who he has in his room and what positions he needs to put them in for the whole thing to work, for everything to be successful. And I think when you have the dirt under your spikes that those two guys do, a Bruce Bochy and a Dusty do, then you're more willing, I think, as a front office to listen simply because mm. they've spent more time in a dugout in the big leagues than a lot of these guys have even been alive in the front office. So that has to mean something, does it not? And I think they're starting to, to figure out a way to marry that experience with the calculator and what that thing is yeah. spitting out. Because there's just going to come a time and place, and a lot of it comes in October, when the calculator just doesn't, it simply doesn't have one of those buttons on it that tells you, all right, this is how we quantify field. Sorry, I like your TAID5 or whatever graph. I mean, they probably got like <laughs> radar, sonar. I don't know what they got working on graph calculators today, but I'm telling you right now, they ain't got a feel button. 
do 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 you think we have moved closer to blending? I, I know some organizations. Obviously, the Braves are one of the better teams at blending. Astros, Dodgers. Are we getting closer to blending those two elements? Because that's like the remaining piece, it seems like, for all teams. Well, what it, what it is, I think, is you know the tidal wave of information that come along that that has come along with the analytic age has now started to recede a bit, right? Mm. And I think we're starting to maybe find our level. We're, we're starting to create a C level that we're all comfortable with, familiar with, because it went from nobody really valuing certain data points to one team, the A's, initially valuing certain data points, creating a little separation, and then everybody understanding, oh, okay, got it. Parity has always been something that has been a part of professional sports. If you're doing something I'm not, and you're having success, and I'm not, guess what? I'm looking over your shoulder. I'm going to look at your Scantron. We're going to figure this out together, <laughs> aren't we? And, and so that's exactly that's exactly what's, what's starting to unfold. So I, I think what we have now is everybody understands that there's a ton of information out there, and how do we now apply that with gain experience, gain feel, and now can we start to teach these young players that what they have felt, you can actually marry and you can correlate with the feel that you have as well. Mm. So the swing, the numbers that you're looking to generate as far as exit velocity is concerned and at what angle you're approaching the baseball, at what attack angle are you creating consistently, well, what does it feel like? Well, guess what? Now we have a number that we can apply to that field. And as soon as we get to the target number we're after, we're now going to be able to correlate a certain word or a certain trigger yeah. to remind you that this is what we need to do to get to this point so that we get the result we're after. And being able to communicate that with a guy who spent, like I said, a lifetime worth of innings in the dugout, that's going to matter. And I think they're starting to value that. It was 191 points, people. That's how many he scored on Family Feud in the final round. He did not have a Scantron to cheat off of either, and then, by the and way. Then, and, then, and then Hunter Pence followed him up and almost didn't make it to the required 200, if I recall he tr- he correctly. Tried. He, he tried everything he could to give that away, but we wouldn't let it happen. That's right. Celebrity Family Feud. If you didn't see Dallas Braden's performance, look it up somewhere on YouTube or look up his perfect game for the Oakland A's. We appreciate your time as always, Dallas. Thanks, Dallas. Best of luck. We'll talk to you soon. Great to talk to you, boys. Thanks for having me. We'll see you soon. Enjoy the rest of the postseason. Will do. Thank you so much. Dallas Braden right there, former Oakland Athletic. (laughs) He joined us on the Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. Save money the right way with Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad. Visit them today in the Carlsbad Auto Mall. Chevrolet, find new roads. Uh, Braves settled for the one run on the Ozzie Albies RBI single. That followed a Ronald Acuna double. And the Braves are up on the Phillies 1-0 as they go to the bottom of the third inning. Chris Ello, Tony Gwynn Jr. underway for our Wednesday get-together. Tony, within the hour, has gotten the television working. I think that deserves a remarkable round of applause for his stick to itness When we get back from break, because we're very late. All right. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.